and uh, back on video as you can see. Uh, viewer request wanted to get us on TV rather than just listen to the, to the tune. So we'll see how that goes, and uh, it also gives us a chance to drop some of this material um, into the social media stuff and uh, farm it out to you guys via email and that sort of thing as well. So could come in quite handy. Uh, talking about pacing, so um, during workouts, it's a fairly common strategy how to get through a Metcon, traditionally Metcon, uh, the best possible way, the most effective way, the safest, the fastest. Um, but perhaps we should come back and uh, dig into the turn a little bit more in terms of like, what it really is. Um, you guys care to slot some into the mix? Uh, I, think, I think I'm gonna have to defer to MTS because at the moment my pacing strategy is moving or not moving. So <laughs> I have some ideas, I have some ideas around it. But uh, I think you guys are the, are the real pros on this one. So. Well, yeah, you're either moving or you aren't moving. But I think what pacing comes down to is being able to move more than you aren't moving. <laughs> Spot on. So, yeah, so you've basically got fantastic strategy. Yeah. And, and we're done. <laughs> move more than you don't move. Yeah, so finding, like finding the pace that enables you to meet the intent of the workout. Yeah, the intent. Most effectively. Yeah. Most effectively. Yeah. 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 Um, so then, uh, why is it that some people find it hard to pace well? Is it as simple as practice? Are they missing something more critical? Yeah, I think part of it's practice and experience. Learning about where where you're at, where you can push, where you need to hold back. Mm -hmm. Movements that are good for you to push at versus movements that aren't so good. So for example, my horizontal pushing is not so good for push-ups. Um, I need to rest more when doing push-ups, yeah. smaller sets. Um, as an example, yeah. so I think experience plays a, plays a big role there. Yeah. And we could uh, to use that because it's a fantastic example, um, and one I talk about a lot, it's quite commonly a hindrance for people, horizontal pushing. Um, so getting into that, you know, what that highlights is uh, more of a physiological or maybe an anatomical issue to think about when you're trying to create, a, uh, when you're trying to decide on a pace for a particular Metcon knowing what muscles are working, what energy systems are working, will play a role in it. And so what we mean by that, using that example, is uh, a horizontal push, like a push-up, uses a very small amount of muscle, and thus it is a movement that will fatigue very, very quickly, and it will fatigue in a muscular sense, meaning, um, we'll often use the term failure, once those muscles stop working, stop twitching, you can't do anything with it as opposed to something like a, uh, an air bike or even a wall ball or something like that where we're using a very high uh, cadence, uh, we're using a lot of muscle, it's a very full body movement, uh, very light load, then uh, it's very difficult to fail on an air bike. Right? You're always going to be able to keep turning and thus always moving forward. A wall ball, absolutely, you, you know, you'd have to stop at some point, but... Uh, usually stopping in a wall ball you're choose, choosing to stop versus a push-up where you stop mm. uh, and if you take take the push-up to that point uh, you cannot start moving again very quickly 
until uh, that muscular fatigue, that muscular failure has recharged, so to speak. Um, so that's certainly one really big clue. And again, as you said, with experience, you need to learn that sort of stuff. But when you understand what movements, what muscles uh, work in a certain way and what kind of, I guess, reserves they have, and you know that I can squat for days, but I can't push up for very long at all, or I can crank that air bike till the cows come home, but put me on a rower, perhaps, and something about that just is a lot harder, you know, and it could be posterior chain versus quads. Um, you have, you know, uh, strengths in one area and not in the other. So, you know, understanding your own capabilities certainly come into it, but there are anatomical, physiological similarities, which is generally the smaller the muscles working, uh, the faster you'll fatigue or fail. So thinking about that is really important. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the uh, the knowledge of the energy system where we're trying to we're trying to train predominantly is mm. pretty important as well. And that, I mean, that's the job of us as or the role of us as a coach to really get that across in in our brief. You know, something if we take the some of the benchmark workouts, we we talk about Fran. That's a that's a very very short, sharp, intense um, anaerobic capacity workout versus uh, we spoke about um, Cindy beforehand which is more your 20 minute type of piece where you have to there's definitely more of an aerobic challenge in that and so if you attack them both in the same way you'll you won't get the intent of those workouts so knowing what what we want to target and being able to do that uh, for whatever our ability is 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 a very important part of that as well that's probably more our role and and having having the client engaged in that when we're when we're briefing as well I think absolutely yeah you're never going to be perfect mm. you're not the best of athletes competitive exercise athletes <laughs> and aren't going to be perfect at pacing you're always going to undershoot it some days overshoot it others some yeah. days at the sweet spot yeah but I guess that's part of part of the process part of the journey exactly yeah. which is why the coach will always give you a range you know like you're looking to get four to six rounds you're looking to finish this in seven to ten minutes so the the key is that you are exceeding that um at either end um you know going going much faster than that perhaps means you've overscaled um and and missed the the intent that way um or but if you and if you exceed it by you know a large number of uh, minutes then uh, you know there's that's something and please come chat to the coach about that afterwards you know um what happened there, coach? Why, why do you think I didn't quite hit the target? Okay, it's nothing you, you know, you're not in trouble because you took 15 minutes when we said it should have taken five. But um, it would be disappointing for you if you didn't learn from that, of course. And when we came back and did a similar workout that you took 15 minutes again, right? <laughs> we would hope that the next time through you did it in seven or eight and you, you know, you're starting to get a handle on whatever uh, that energy system was or whatever those movements were. Um, and when the coach says this should take five minutes, you're, you're going to be closer to it at that time. And that's, as MTR says, it's part of the learning. Um, every Metcon you do is potentially another, um, you know, another piece to add to it and different combinations of movements. That's part of what makes it so tough. You know, a, someone who's a, a runner, they only run. So once they've got their 5K, their 400-meter time, their 200s, their... Um, Five minute repeats, whatever you know, they just they, they, it doesn't take long before they've got everything they need, and then they can go out and they can run four hundred meter laps within one second of each other without a clock. That's how good they get. Um, here we've got 70, 80 movements, 
Um, and that's just the movements. Then we've got different rep schemes. Then we've got different combinations. And so when you think to yourself, well, I know I can do 50 pull-ups in around four minutes. That's great, but can you do that after you've done 50 thrusters? Can you do that after running 1,600 meter run? That sort of thing. What happens when it changes to chest to bar? How different does that change that pull up once it once it you know um, becomes a slightly more difficult uh, variation? Mm. So and there's a lot to learn. Yeah, it's also it's always a movable feast as well within that because by nature of what we do, we're always improving. So we might be we might start off the chest bars, we might optimize to pull ups, but eventually our aim is to get into chest bars. So hold on, we can do twenty one pull ups with no problem, but then we go up to the chest bar. Mm-hmm. And we could do 21 chest bar, but can we do them with the same intent and intensity? <clears throat> yeah. So that's also going to be that movable, movable feast that we yeah. have to take into account. Yeah. 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 Experience aside, though, I think that everyone during a medcon knows when they should be resting because they can feel that fatigue mm-hmm. happening. They can feel the pace slowing down. But there's just that voice in the head for a lot of people that says, no, don't stop, don't slow down, don't rest. Um, and that's where you end up going a little bit too far, not reaching a bit. So I always like to say rest before you need to. Mm-hmm. Or rest before you feel you need to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's, that's great advice. Um, and yeah, perhaps people, uh, I think, especially sometimes if you've come over to the style of training we do from boxing fitness or boot camps or other circuit style classes, they, are, they tend to be set up where it's 40, 50, 60 minutes of nonstop. They are looking to wring every last drop of sweat out of you uh, because we all know that sweat is fat crying and so it's a great thing. Yeah. Um, so that's my sarcasm voice. And Which is the same as your It's the same as my normal, normal voice, voice yeah. absolutely. <laughs> So then they, people will come over here and um, you know, as our stuff's more task orientated, um, then they will get this thing in their head, coach doesn't want me to stop, I have to keep going. And yeah, and it'll lead to that, that deep hole that's being dug mm. and eventually you stop because you've got no choice in the matter, you reach that muscular failure point or, or whatever, but it's just very hard to bounce back from there once you're mm. deep in that hole the rest period grows proportionately. So as just resting before you need to, uh, fantastic advice because you can just take a couple of quick breaths, tend to uh, be able to kind of reset your movement technique. So overall, that's gonna be a lot better. And, um, and uh, you know, actually today in class, I was using, I was sort of hammering uh, 90%, very, very light shoulder to overhead. And so it's very easy to move that fast, but because of that, it's almost like pedaling a bike down a hill and you start catching up with yourself and you start hitting free space and it gets all sloppy. That's what a, a light push press can turn into because um, there's just not enough resistance on the bar. And so throttling it back to 90%, almost a pause overhead, just to find that, that, that uh, metronomic mm. quality to it, which actually long-term is faster because you don't get out of sync or, um, or 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 or, or um, lose lose breath or whatever. Um, yeah. Butterfly pull ups, same thing. Um, and I know I experienced it when I was learning it. I would always actually heck, who am I fooling? I still do it now. Jump up, go to crank out a, a, a big set, and just lose my rhythm. Push the pace a little bit too fast. 
and next thing I look like I am one of those monkeys on the game where you squeeze the bottom and it flaps around, <laughs> yeah. um, being electrocuted on the bar or something. And, and I have to stop, reset, and, and go again. I was, just, I was just trying to go too quick. And I, I think I, I to speak to that, the, the whole um, having it in your head doing those big sets and I go through a big set and then you, um, and you think, yeah, I'm, I'm really getting through these numbers. It happened to me yesterday when we were deadlifting. And I had in my head, I'll do sets of 10 and I did a set of 10 and then I probably walked around for about twice the time it took me to do the set of 10 and then I yeah. did another set of 10 and it happened over and over again. Whereas if I'd done maybe sets of five, I would have had the same work to rest ratio and it's again going to that uh, that point just below as you said yeah and then being a, you can bring it back a lot quicker from that point of just before failure than if you go to just after failure it takes a disproportionate amount of time yeah. to recover from that I gotta hurry up and rest yeah, yeah. get a quick set done and yeah. Yeah. rest yeah. and then do the same again so yeah. being a devil's advocate for a second then um, and we, maybe we've sort of already perhaps answered this but why not just go hard out? Why not just push as hard as possible? And if I have to rest, well, that's cool because I worked really hard, right? Yeah, um, I think there's, you know, why not? I think you got to do it. You got to do it every now and then to find out where you're at. Testing is a really good opportunity for that. So we've got baseline testing and then retest week. But you don't want to be there all the time because then you risk going hard out and crashing and then not moving as much as you should be yeah. yeah 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 exactly so yeah like building upon that the, the point of that uh is as i said earlier we're task orientated um it's all physics we can measure how much work you've done mm. um output wattage and typically if the weight's too heavy um and you or and or you're resting too long we were to actually measure that at the end your average power output would be very low and it doesn't matter that there was x weight on the bar uh, if you were standing there looking at it half the time um, then perhaps you didn't actually create the same output as someone next to you did with half that weight right and at the end of the day a workout is work output and so if you didn't have any work output you didn't get the results you won't get the results uh, because you didn't do the work and um, that's the key bringing it back to that and um, you know I've done sort of hypothetical maths on that you know Fran is always the classic um, with a benchmark yeah it's cool to do it RX and, and we do encourage that but uh, to use it as an example if it took you uh, six minutes to get through Fran and you had scaled it and you had 30 kilos on the bar um, then it might calculate out and making numbers up but it might calculate out that your average output was 320 watts but if we added another 10 kilos or 12 kilos to make it RX weight and it took you 11 minutes right yeah you did it RX but if we calculated that out it might show us an average power output of 190 watts okay so um, although you were going for longer your your work output was much much lower um, and so you miss you miss the antenna that worker, you miss the dose. So for a benchmark, yes, we encourage people to sort of, you know, have a bit of a struggle with it. But day to day, when the coach is suggesting a time or a number of rounds to get, that's definitely what you should be chasing because the workout has been designed to elicit a, a specific and particular response. Um, as MDS says, once in a while, like 
go off the reservation and, and have a crack at something, but that shouldn't be the norm. It shouldn't be the norm. It's important to kind of experiment, and an example of that would be uh, oh, good somewhere where it's a run and there's something heavy or high rep. Let's say it was a f- 800 meter run into 100 wall balls. Well, yesterday's workout was 800 meter run, and then we were doing max reps of power clean or deadlift. Right. So the advice I gave as a coach was, don't run too fast, because you'll have nothing left in the tank when it comes to doing those movements. I have no problem with that. Yeah, <laughs> you were you were very receptive to that yeah, advice. Very receptive. Yeah, moving, I think not most moving. people were. <laughs> but hey, you know, what if you were good at running? Or what if you were really good at deadlifting and power cleaning? Both of those could actually warrant a. Why don't I why don't I run fast and see what happens? Why don't I just, why don't I just like light myself on fire and go for it, and then see if I can maintain some kind of output? Okay, not in a testing fashion. Right. Still trying to have a training mindset. I want to see if I can move well, or I want to practice moving well really really tired. Okay. Running's a weakness, so I'm going to run harder and make it tougher. Okay. Well, running's a strength, so I'm going to run harder and make the other movement tougher. It's um, just another way to look at it. But again, that shouldn't be the the everyday um, uh, scenario. Um, it's certainly moving us away from that practice mindset, that training mindset. But sometimes, again, it's it's knowledge, and knowledge is power. So you know, adding that stuff to to what you've already filed away mentally can certainly help. Um, and that's j- just as a little side note from that, that's uh, something we can use uh, if we're coming back from some sort of an injury. That's that's kind of our last piece. Yeah, we want to be able to move beautifully when we're just doing slow strength, but then we add some quick strength in, and then we add that that fatigue into it, uh, and seeing if we can still move well and move without pain. That's another way that we can uh, we can test ourselves. So yeah thrash on the run and then see if we can continue to move beautifully that can be a that can be something we can look at when we're coming back into um into a class setting from from yeah. our rehab type of yeah. type of type yeah. of movement well, we're quite fond yeah. of saying um 50 percent volume 50 percent intensity yeah right and that's that often is a statement that follows someone when they're new into class uh, but if you've been on holiday for three weeks you're new into class um so coming back, um, you know, and this is January, we are back into it, and I've had a few members yesterday who did sort of a very similar approach. They dialed it right back, half the weight, half the reps, half the time, half the um, uh, power output, still a very productive workout, exactly what they needed, walked home happy, um, and in tomorrow to find another day, you know? Um, so very, very important. Uh, now, Let's cover a little bit more about sort of how 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 do we how do we get better at this? You know, what are some of the, the factors we can work on? Um, got any like specific tips along that lines? I'd help you. <laughs> move less. Yeah, yeah move less. Yeah. Uh, Self talk then. I guess do you just need to like get it sorted in your head before you? Yeah, I'm mean, speaking to uh, MTS's point that. Knowing, knowing where I struggle uh, and knowing where I have a strength as well so we go back to yesterday with the running and the deadlifts deadlifts is, um, is a strength of mine so uh, I that to me it, sort of, it gave me a bit of comfort on the run that I can, 
if you put it into a more competitive setting, I can I can go on the run and I can let people go and I and have that because I know where my strength is and I know that I can mm-hmm. I can I can make it up in that fashion. Um, but also, if it was to you know, because I, um, I'm lucky enough to have done a lot of single leg work, so anytime there's a squat pattern or a lunge pattern, I know that that's something that I can push on uh, because I then have I then have something to work on with the upper body. So I'm going to get an enforced rest there, really. Right. So I, I do look at my weaknesses and strengths, and strengths is where I can really push. But um, uh, with the with the more body weight movements, it's somewhere where I know I'm going to rest because I just don't have the muscular endurance. So yeah. um, just having that knowledge, I guess, for me is, is important because I, it then means that I can push later on down the line mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm going to come back to, to a point where I'm going to struggle. And there'll be people vice versa. They struggle with the squats, but they're better at the um, the body weight movements, and so they can they can push on those, and then and then just move as much as possible through the squats. That's something that that I've consciously been thinking about over the last six months or so. Nice. Just push on that. Yeah. Anything nice. added? Yeah, breathing breathing tempo and learning how to find a, a breathing tempo worth the movement in the repetition. Mm. For example. You know, two breaths in and out on the way up, two breaths in and out on the way down. Forces you into a more manageable pace on a lot of movements, I find. Warboard's a really good example of that one. I find that people tend to get a little bit flustered on the warboard if they focus a bit on the breath on the way up and down. They seem to find a much, much better rhythm. Um, and it's going to be a bit of a different breathing pattern for everyone regardless yeah. of pace yeah. but that's a really really important way of learning uh, learning how to pace and pacing, mm. your, pacing yourself in a workout well yeah add to that um, power speed endurance uh, formerly crossfit endurance they <coughs> talk a lot about gears mm. uh, which I quite like and uh, you know if you've had a taste of the nasal breathing exercises we've done in the past uh, that's considered gear three if you're doing it under uh, under some kind of movement scenario so turn me a jog if you can pull that off at gear three breathing in and out through the nose that'd be great then you come in the door and it's walking lunges and maybe you switch to gear four which should be in through the nose and out through the mouth so you can clear a bit of that co2 um, still manage to get enough air in through the nose but then we move to uh, box jumps pull up uh, some sort of loaded movement likely we'll be hitting gear five which is in and out through the mouth we need to get you know as much um, movement of air as possible both in and out okay then the trick would be to go back out the door and get yourself back to gear three right? which is tough and that what that might involve is perhaps a, a stroll a tactical strategic stroll from the deadlift bar to the door some big bellows breaths like blowing off that co2 so that when you get to the door back to gear three and you can ease yourself back into a steady pace for the run knowing that when you get back from that next run it's walking lunges and it's deadlifts or pull-ups or box jumps again and those harder movements, right? So now you're, you're varying your pace between movements, but you're adapting it to the movement, you know? And you're letting your breath dictate how that goes. So it's, it's just another way to play around with that sort of stuff. Um, what I like about that is then it gives you another kind of goal for the day or, or a what am I going to focus on today? What am I going to learn today? And this goes out to you veterans you know, there's only so many days you can come in here and do burpees and deadlifts and pull-ups. You've got to start thinking about different ways to uh, 
be receptive to more learning. And sometimes it can be simply like, how am I going to tackle the movements today? Or what am I going to take home from the movements today? Or how am I going to do something different today? And that'll, that's going to keep giving forever. Um, so wrapping that up, uh, again, we will, we'll do a lot of work in how we program the workouts for you guys, how we present the intent to you. Um, you know, when you see in EMOM style stuff, that's actually quite often a way for us to help you get an understanding around pacing. So when you sort of have an understanding that I can do X amount of reps per minute, or I can row this many calories per minute, you know, that's all, again, that's all information for you to file away uh, to use in Metcons that aren't under the EMOM strategy when we're going to AMRAPs, when we're going rounds, you can start thinking, well, I know uh, that I'm sort of a 15 calorie rower per minute and I do about 20 Russian swings and I can do 25 wall balls um, every single time or something like that, you know, 10 burpees is sort of my minute that sort of stuff really valuable information okay and so and, and it hence why we do it um, as well as maintaining the pace that we want through that particular workout but um, again it's all valuable information so um, I guess that's perhaps is the the main piece of advice right be receptive to um, uh, what your body's telling you um, be receptive to the coach and what they're telling you about the intent of the work and how it's supposed to feel and their recommendations around loading and rep schemes and all that sort of stuff and then um, come to each workout with sort of that intent to learn a little bit more about how you respond to those movements um, and, and when they're in different combinations, what that changes for you. I think that's um, a good start. Um, but uh, nature rewards the pacer, folks. Keep that in mind. <laughs>